Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we're originating original origins. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I'm joined, as I'm always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. I uh, have been watching the Lord of the Rings movies, the theatrical releases. Oh, I did this recently, but not the theatrical oh, releases. Oh, okay, yeah. Because the extended cuts are on HBO. Oh, if I people did not don't know this. this you got <laughs> If you don't know it, you can just they're they're like up there as separate uh, separate things. Do you have? Are you watching like? dvds that you own or you no them no HBO? i've just been watching it on um amazon prime oh and they and they have they might have the uh, extended editions i didn't even look for them i just saw that they had because i consider the in like mm-hmm. i've been in the mood for like a like a christmas like holiday movie yes and these totally like hit the spot for me like yeah. they uh re-watching them they don't uh i it's difficult to imagine people making a movie like this because they're it's so big hearted it's so like yes. earnest so sincere so sincere yeah. and like not afraid to be like corny mm-hmm. or like talk about like how much people love each other so much love between yeah, the characters in those great. movies. Yeah. i i i i really love these movies um what made you what 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 like pointed you and just you wanted something like holidays yeah like, i wanted yeah. like in something in that spirit and yeah. uh, i love fellowship of the ring so much I, fellowship's the best uh, yeah my personal opinion is that of the theatrical versions uh and maybe even the extended cuts as well i just haven't watched those as much um that they the quality is in uh order of release i yeah, think I agree. um fellowship of the rings is the best by far i think tight two towers is good and like uh a return of the king isn't a bad movie by any sense but it just it uh takes so much time up in like battles which i don't think are these movie strengths right and especially as they age i think it is definitely not not their strength like the things that were spectacular to us in like you know 2003 or whatever um like just don't feel like they just they, they start to feel like video gamey or, or, or something you know uh-huh. um but yeah we i i recently watched all, all three of these uh in the extended cuts with um some friends uh that i've got like around the country like just watching them on on zoom uh w- with them uh and the thing about the end of the return of the king um is that like the movie feels long because it is long especially the extended cut is almost four hours long um but like the fact that it ends, that the ending is as long as it is, I love. Because it feels so good. Like, the movie's too long because there are too many battles. Um, but, like, them saying goodbye, them jumping up and down on that bed, uh-huh. the, the uh, coronation of Aragorn, like, all of it. I'm just like, I love this. They're all such good, like, character, like, yeah. uh, moments and, like, ca- capstones to these stories. Yes. Um I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you're that that you're watching them. Did you you watched all three and you're you're done with them? Now. No. So I'm in because I've just been watching them like uh in like bits here yeah. and there. And so um I'm in Return of the King right now. Where are you in Return of the King? I must know. Uh, so I am at the part where uh the characters who like 
towards the end, the characters who, whose name I can't remember, like, throws himself or, like, catches on fire and runs. Denethor. But yeah, yeah, yes. Denethor. It's played by John Noble. Uh-huh. Um, soon to be on Fringe. Uh, remember when he was on Fringe? I, I do remember. I remember being super excited about Fringe. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I also remember being super excited about Sonic Forces, uh, my copy of which you could borrow if you email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com and give us a mailing address. We can send you my copy of this game, Sonic Forces, for the Nintendo Switch. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. I have paid for postage already to you and back to me. Uh, there may be a Here copy. And back again. Yeah, that's very good. Um, there may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there. Uh, but that's fine, too. That's just part of the perfect borrowing program. Um, Mark, let's get into our main topic. Uh, you know, we've been talking about Lord of the Rings a lot, so let's 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 get into the real business. Let's come up with some Origins games. Lord of the Rings, Origins, colon, The Hobbit. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, we uh, the the Game Awards. There was a a reveal of a new Bayonetta game, hot on the heels of Bayonetta three, called Bayonetta Origins: Cereza and the Lost Demon, uh, which is notable for a, a couple different reasons, right? Um, first is that like it's an extension of the Bayonetta series, um, and like sort of a step into another kind of gameplay seemingly yeah um that it, it looks a little bit more like a like 3d uh like adventure yeah, action like an isometric like, yeah perspective um so like kind of ditching the like hardcore um like combat game that bayonetta is or like the what, what do you call that uh, where it's more of like a, a character-based action game I think that might be yeah, it. Yeah, I think maybe character character based action game is is probably it. Um, and uh, notably, it also has like a different art style, um, which seems to prioritize like a, a cuteness. Um, you know, uh, Bayonetta is like uh, a little gothic, a little hypersexual, um, and but like otherwise like kind of realistic in its aims. Yeah, and right? like a in like a Wii era type <laughs> yeah, 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 rendering. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> a play a PlayStation 3, an early PlayStation 3 um uh realistic rendering of uh of, of characters and settings. Um and then uh like the the last like thing that we kind of like noted about it um is that it has this storybook presentation, right? Um so you know Bayonetta is normally just like you know, the sort of normal presentation of a video game, it's being presented to you the way that any character-based action, uh, yeah, Devil May Cry, uh, is presented to you in much the same way. But uh, Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon, I will keep wanting to say Cerveza, which I know is Spanish for beer, and not <laughs> not this character's name, I'm sure. Um, uh, so, like, through, through, through a storybook. Uh, so, like, obviously that is evocative of, you know, any any number of things. But, like, feels like um, you know, like kind of bedtime. So it feels cozy, mm -hmm. right? Um, so we thought, hey, it'd be fun to come up with some other origins style games that follows those same three sort of criteria, those three rules, right? So it's gotta be like uh, a slightly different like form of gameplay, maybe uh -huh. maybe one that's more accessible. Uh-huh. Slightly different art style, or majorly different art style, I guess, you know, whatever. Um, and some unique presentation. Yeah, I will say that mine are probably like um pretty like far departures from their core franchise, I okay. would say. Okay. All right, all yeah. right, all right. Which I I think is okay though cuz like uh 
uh, I think the whatever the adventure of uh, Bayonetta Origins is going to be, like the moment to moment experience is going to be so different than like scoring combos, mm-hmm. beating up angels or whatever in Bayonetta three, for example. I also took the origins part like pretty literal. Oh, uh, me too. Oh, okay. <laughs> me too. Look, I I, I uh, narrowed it on some characters and I was like, I want to see their first <laughs> yeah, days. Okay. Okay. I want to. How did they become this? Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Uh, Patrick, why don't you go first? Okay. All right. I will go first. Uh, and my first pick, uh, I was I was thinking about. Look, we have a couple things that we go back to over and over again, right? Um, some of our like favorite, we refer to them as like our hobby horses. Um, and I was like, you know what? I need to I need to broaden my uh, pool of references, things that 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 we that we talk about that are more like obscure Nintendo things. Um, and so my first pitch here is for Panel Upon Origins. Ooh. So Panel Upon is uh, basically Tetris Attack. Or the version of it that uh, was released in, in Japan, and then we eventually got it as part of the um, Switch, um, Super NES, Nintendo Switch Online service. Um, and instead of uh, featuring like Yoshi and Mario characters, it instead features nine fairies that are all like connected to the various elements of the world. Um, so the fairies are Lip, the flower fairy, Windy, the wind fairy, Sherbet, the ice fairy, Tiana, the nature fairy, Ruby, the jewel fairy, Elias, the water fairy, Flare, the fire fairy, Neris, the sea fairy, and Saren, the moon fairy. Okay? So there'll be a quiz on it later. <laughs> These nine fairies, right? And they're each like associated with like a, an element sort of broadly uh-huh. speaking. Um, and you know, in uh, Panel Upon slash like Tetris Attack, it's like that match three sort of sort of gameplay. So like you're moving blocks around, um, and it's to like strengthen their magic to defend the forest or you know whatever. Um, so my idea for this Origins game is that uh, you would play as each one of the fairies in like a 3D platformer kind of level, um, and your goal is just to collect three blocks of their element and then like match them up oh that's cool and then like in each in each one like when you clear one fairy's level you get to take that fairy into someone else's level um and i was as i was like thinking about this i was like it feels a little bit like balan uh wonder world or wonderland whatever the name of that game is um but this would be better <laughs> An important, an important distinct, distinction. Yeah. This yes. fake game, one yeah. of the requirements for it, it must be better than Balan. <laughs> I love that. I love also uh, that you're finding the good fight and uh, broadening the horizons of this show. Because Patrick, well, hold on. Before you tell me that you're going to do a rusty uh, real deal origin, <laughs> let me tell you. Oops, my phone timer is going off for some reason. Um, the 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 presentation here. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, so I, I want I want the presentation to be. Um, stealing this idea from uh, Blossom Tales, uh, but like someone telling a bedtime story. Uh, so like, uh, if a child is like, "No, that's too scary," that like it changes. Oh, in, that's fun. Uh, in 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 the game, I like that a lot. That's a great one. Thank you. Now tell me about Rusty Origins. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Rusty's Real Deal Baseball Origins. <laughs> uh, the presentation is like one of like a sports manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and that. it is like, uh, it is a young Rusty. And I consider this to be a alternate history to Rusty. Because we oh. know in, uh, canonically in Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, you know, Rusty was a professional baseball player. And then he eventually is running this like sports equipment store. But that is just one path. 
that Rusty's life could have taken. Yeah, right? sure. What is Rusty's sliding door moment? How did he get, mm. you know, on the path to be the uh, own a sports store, a sports equipment store, rather than becoming like a sports commentator or a high school oh, baseball coach okay. or a million or uh, like finishing sports and opening his own line of steakhouses, right? There's like a million things uh-huh. that could have happened to Rusty and Rusty's Real Deal Baseball is just one thread in the potential tapestry of a life. Well, so we're getting like a rusty multiverse. Yes. I that's love right. This. And I love could, this. Yeah. And so, uh, but basically it is like a um, visual novel, essentially. There's not like a very much gameplay to it. It's just um, you are experiencing the story. And then there are moments where you have to make critical or choices that could or could not end up to be critical. You don't really know what is the, yeah, you sure. know, like a uh, thing that sets you off on a different path in life. Um, and you just have the opportunity to see, yes, maybe you do experience the Rusty's real deal baseball timeline where <laughs> sure. he has like sure. all of these kids and he's, you know, his, he's thinning his hair, his hair is thinning. His hair is, yeah. His hair but is thinning. His, not his nose hair though. No, his no nose not hair his is nose hair. Thickening. But hey, maybe you also are, uh, experiencing Rusty's real deal baseball thinner timeline where he hits a woman, an old woman with his car. Sure. And, and she cursed. curses him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. So All of these things could be possible totally in, uh, Rusty's real deal baseball origins. Wow. Okay. So, but he, this is like, you pick it up as he's a professional baseball player. Yes, that's right. Okay. And so it's, is it rookie it, season? Sure. Okay. So uh-huh. we're starting at the beginning. Exactly. Okay. Anything could happen. Maybe wow. you get injured early mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, your life makes a turn and now you're teaching art in Nova Scotia. When do you think Rusty got married? Before he made pro or after he made pro? The sense I get, especially because he has uh, such young puppies, mm. is that it's after he, like, after his career ended. Oh. And so he had his glory days of, like, playing professional baseball were behind right. him. Right. And he's living his life now as just, like, suburban dog. Okay. Yeah. I. 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 I th- so. So. Maybe even meeting his wife could be part of your rusty yeah, real deal origins the, uh, experience. Think of the possibilities. That's pretty good. I, I mean, I, we've probably pitched a uh, rusty dating simulator. Oh, I guarantee it. <laughs> With as many episodes of this show as we've done. Yeah. I mean, pro- and as much as we talk, we talk about, about rusty's, rusty's real, real deal baseball. baseball. And I didn't look. I didn't mean to uh, preemptively uh, insult what your pick ended up being i actually kind of like this uh i mean you could probably guess my other ones if it really came down to it look if there's a stanley the Bugman one in here <laughs> oh there isn't oh that'd be I so good i also don't have a stanley the Bugman. stanley the Bugman. where did he get his uh bug spray why is he so interested in defending <laughs> greenhouses from bugs is it his job what's his passion Lots more to learn about Stanley. Right, but not in this episode no. of Nintendo Cartridge Society. That's right. Um, that's a fun game. I would absolutely play it uh, for a little bit. I don't have too much patience for visual novels, um, but I would be happy when you told me about it. Uh, my but next... we'd, buy, we'd both buy it because we, we want to support yeah. the Rusty's yeah, Real Deal Baseball. Right. We just want more of those games. Oh, I mean, I think we can just like that, just blanket statement anything with Rusty in it or on it or like we're there. Right? Yeah. I, I'm not much of an Amiibo collector, but if they were like, do you know what? If there was a rusty I Amiibo? Buy, I'd buy yeah. Holy cow. Um, Kind of wouldn't matter how much it was. Like, no. if it was 100 bucks, like, I think I'd want it. Uh, yep. Um, okay, my next pitch here. Uh, Mega Man Origins. Now, I am a little worried that what I'm about to pitch probably exists and is a 
type of game that I don't actually want to play. <laughs> but, okay, so in Mega Man 1, like the premise of Mega Man 1 is uh, Dr. Light has made all of these uh, robots. Mega Man, Roll, the six uh, robot bosses, and Proto Man, right? And these six robot bosses have been turned evil by Dr. Wily. But, like, before that, uh, they must have been, like, one happy robot family. So, like, I just want to spend time with those nine robots um, and, like, Mega Man and Roll and Proto Man have sort of, uh, like, their actual roles, like, what they do uh, is not totally clear. I guess Roll is, like, a, a made robot. But Proto Man and Mega Man, I don't know, they, they they seem like they're programmed to be warriors. Yeah, they must have been invented for some purpose. Some purpose. Um, and maybe just to, like, keep the old scientist company. But the rest of them... Like, uh, Cutman is a logging robot. Um, Fireman, you know, does, like, furnace stuff. Um, Electman repairs, like, electrical cables. Like, they all had uh, roles in society. So what if the game is just, like, Mega Man helping the rest of them, like, do their jobs? I, I love that. It's kind of, like, um, a Chibi-Robo-ish. It is a little Chibi-Robo-ish. And, like, still, you know, still would need to be, like, a 2D platformer. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, very, uh, like, small objective-based sort of things. You know, like, you'd go up to Gutsman, and he'd be like, I need to help them dig this hole for the mine. And you're like, oh, I'll help get rid of, you know, mountain lions or whatever. Right. So he can dig the hole. That'd be, yeah, I love that. Uh, and I just, you know, uh, a couple months ago, we ranked the, uh, the Robot Masters in the first three Mega Man games. Um, and uh, it just made me, like, reflect on how much I like the designs of those characters uh, and just wish they could be friends instead of having to uh, battle each other all the time. Yeah, that would be fun to see. That would be fun to spend time, like you said, with them in happier times mm-hmm. before whatever happened happened. Uh, my next pick is uh, Rambi Origins. Oh, okay. So, I, to my mind, this is a... Donkey Kong Country Origins Rambi. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, or yeah, yeah. What would it be Rambi, a Donkey Kong story? Right. I have a joke like that coming up in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Rambi Origins, or mm-hmm. sorry, Donkey Kong Country Rambi Origins, or no, Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong Country, Country Origins, Origins Rambi colon Rambi. Yeah, yeah, because there could be many of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, Espresso. Uh, Winky. Uh-huh. Um, the snake has a name. Ring something it's, something with like boing. Yeah, it's it's something something like boing. Yeah, I'll look it up. Um, so my idea is that r- these animal friends had to have come from somewhere. Maybe it was like a Kremlin run circus. Ratley, Ratley, hmm. huh? Not well, one of the best. We 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 weren't even close on no. that one. Um, but yeah, these animal buddies had to come from somewhere. And uh, where did they come from? So my idea is that there is a a Kong that we haven't met yet. Kindly Kong, we'll call them. Who takes in, you know, like animals uh, in need that have been like injured or, you know, removed from distressing situations. Like whatever it is, uh, Kindly Kong like fosters these animals and... uh, kind of like uh, rehabilitates them back to health and gives them a new purpose, right? Which is uh, to help Donkey Kong and the other Kongs on their quest. And the way that they do this is like, um, and man, this is really just uh, checking off all the boxes on 
NCS Bingo. Yeah. Is uh, through a pocket card jockey. Whoa. S gameplay. <laughs> Where you're basically... I was not expecting that. I was thinking more of like a Nintendog sort of oh, setup. Oh, that's interesting. No, yeah. I was mentioning it's like a, like a solitaire game. Yeah. That, you know, like uh, as you do it, the better that you perform, the quicker mm-hmm. that you do it. You know, like uh, Rambi runs faster. Espresso uh, can float higher. Like all of these things that are important to these animals. And just kind of... Uh, it's a way to get... To learn more about Rambi. Mm-hmm. And also uh, experience Donkey Kong Country's world in a different way. Um, can it also be a little Nintendogs like? Because here's the thing. Uh-huh. I'm just, uh, you know, Rambi, when you like let his Id- idle animation go by, he sort of like looks at the camera and pants. Yeah, he's like, like a, a little dog. dog. He's like a little dog. Yeah, I do like that. I wonder if it's like, um, maybe it is kind of like a the Pokemon type thing where the main oh, okay, gameplay yeah. is Pocket Card Jockey esque. Then there's also these times where you're just like, resting and relaxing and hanging out with these animal buddies yeah which is maybe like camping in uh sword and shield right you know or having curry with them or exactly yeah 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 Yeah. um yeah that's good and uh, honestly it it answers a or addresses a question i didn't realize i had which is if everything else in the jungle wants to kill the kongs and steal their bananas why are these animal buddies their buddies right because of Kindly Kong. Kindly Kong. Um, also, Kindly Kong is, you know, that, 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 that's like an MVP for, for the Kongs. Because uh, well, the rest of them all seem like kind of selfish and self-involved. Uh-huh. Like, well, I mean, they do, this one's nice. they do go on quests. I mean, they feel like a real clan because they go on quests, but it's mostly to like help each other. Right. Or get bananas back. <laughs> right. Which is the craziest thing of all. <laughs> Let the bananas go. There will be more bananas. Just get more bananas. Just it's it's okay. You shouldn't be hoarding them in a cave anyway. Do you know how fast bananas go bad after you pick them? I actually have no idea how long <laughs> after after you pick a banana. I've never seen a freshly picked banana. So um all right, that's a good one. Uh Mark for my next pick. You tell me if this is a, a well that we go back to frequently. Okay. Famicom Detective Club Origins, Shunsuke Utsugi. So this is the detective from Famicom Detective Club who takes in the player character as his uh, as his ward, um, and is like the uh, it, it's his mentor, right? Um, so uh, the original Famicom Detective Club uh, game came out in 1988, so I think we can assume that's about when it took place. Um, so I want this game to be like. His origins as like a young, uh, like hard scrabble PI in the seventies in Japan, um, and just like solving little mysteries, right? Um, and the format for this, the presentation, would be like a an a forty five minute to an hour long like episode of like a regular detective kind of show, right? Um, so maybe like twenty two episodes uh-huh. in, in, in the game. Speaking my language, uh, so you know a real like a. Uh, um, like either Jessica Fletcher or like Columbo sort or of like thing. Matlock. Yeah, or like Matlock, except all of these things but a young man. <laughs> and in Japan. But in the 70s. Um yeah, and that's uh that's I I, I would want it to be like Famicom Detective Club. Uh-huh. But with just an aggressive hint system that's like super helpful uh, and more uh, like graying out of options when they're not going to be like useful or helpful anymore. I love this idea that it is like a uh, a Japanese like television detective show that is either set or maybe like was filmed contemporaneously in the seventies. Yes. Um, Yeah. That just seems so fun and like untapped potential. I also just love the idea of like, here's, 
a video game adventure, a detective adventure that lasts an hour. Uh-huh. And then you can be done with it. Yep. Like, um, just, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm a broken record here, but I've been playing God of War for like 40 hours and I'm not done with it yet. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's just like, give me a video game that's like, here's an hour. Here's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And like these episodes, let me tell you, Mark, they're not connected. There's no overarching story. Each one is a discrete mystery that you solve by the end. Well, and like you're saying, like, uh, you know, if each one takes an hour, but there's 22 of them, that's still a good-sized game. It's but still you a good-sized game. Um, are able to do it at your own pace. Yeah, I think right. it's a brilliant idea. Um, so, yeah, uh, Famicom Detective Club Origins, Shinsuke Utsugi. Well, here's uh, my next pitch is And one. is that a well that we go back to a lot? I think that uh, I would say that Famicom Detective Club, we talk an inordinate amount about compared to the rest of the world. Right. But not as much as some of the other hobby horses we have. <laughs> that's true. Also, it's like I got a demi hobby horse. I, <laughs> totally. I also, I got to say, when those games came out and we played them, like, I had a super fun time. Oh, I loved them. Yeah. yeah. I really genuinely want them to make more of them. Yeah. Me too. Uh, Wave Race 64 Origins. Yes. Yes. The question I want to answer in this game is, what is the origins of this jet ski racing league? So sure. you play... A fine question. As Why are people racing jet skis? You, you play as a person with a dream. Create a racing league for jet skis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what... It's like a sim management game. Uh, when I was really young, we had a, an Apple... Like an Apple II that uh like my mom's dad who was a college like administrator and professor um i think must have gotten from work like when they were getting rid of it or something yeah and there was a game on it called lemonade stand and the game was like you set the price Mm -hmm. you set i can't even remember like how uh sugary yeah sugary and like all these just a few variables and then you press enter or return. And then the next screen tells you like what the weather is. And mm-hmm. there's like a little visualization of the weather. And then it tell and then the third screen is like, here's what you made for the day. And then that's it. And I'm imagining not quite that rudimentary. No, I want exactly that presentation. <laughs> not quite like that an Apple II. I love it. <laughs> but uh that's Wave Race 64 Origins. Mm-hmm. You're a person with a dream and a spreadsheet. And you're like, all right, how do I make this happen? Yeah. Um I have a I have a you know uh PL sheet that I have to take care of. Sure. Like the yeah. real nuts and bolts. Maybe one of those um uh sim games that I always talk about but never play. Right. The the really specific uh-huh. sims. So it's like uh it's basically like jet race jet ski racing league operations simulator the uh, game this is good you weren't lying about like far departure from like <laughs> from the original gameplay yeah <laughs> uh no i think that's good uh it's again again mark you are at, a, a, addressing questions i did not realize i i had but like yeah why is there this like jet ski racing uh thing uh whose whose passion birthed that exactly and i I'd, I'd like to think that it was more than just you know like kawasaki looking for a way you know to continue to monetize and grow their jet ski base i would really like to believe 
right. that um, it was it was like someone's passion project. Right, right. So someone sat down with a a a, a love for the sport and a spreadsheet. Uh huh. And a, a love for the sport mm-hmm. and a, a strong knowledge of Excel. Right, right, and uh, right, and a, a desire to increase revenue. <laughs> That's right. And maybe some you know connections in the jet ski industry and sure you know like a a stepfather with a lot of money. I'm sure, that right. helped. Are there con- this? This uh, organizer doesn't have connections to the mob, do they? Uh, I guess only players of Wave Race 64 Origins will know for sure. Um, I like that it is Wave Race 64 Origins as well, not just Wave Race Origins. Um, Okay, Uh, Mark, for my fourth pitch here, um, I'm doing a Metroid Origins. uh, 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 Metroid Origins colon uh, Aaron, A-R-A-N, which here is where I was going to make my... um, uh, Aaron, a Metroid story uh, joke, the so- solo a Star Wars story joke. Okay, so uh, we have like some hints about um, Samus's upbringing. Um, you know, like obviously she like comes from she's human, but like is sort of born of like the Chozo oh, people, like raised by the Chozo. It's not exactly clear to me. This would take place when she is no longer with the Chozo, um, and therefore like sort of in like an orphan kind of situation. Oh, got like, it. Okay, still kind of young, but. This is where the solo Star Wars story connection comes in. She's living in like some city, like uh, on Corellia, um, and is like uh, in the early days of like bounty hunting, and that she's just like taking odd jobs, whatever. Like oh sure, sometimes violent, usually illegal, like whatever will pay. And this is where she like develops the skills that she will then also put to use in the Galactic Federation. That's really cool. Seeing like a a young Samus, young Samus in like. A sci-fi, almost like GTA setting, right? Um, where like you can take whatever jobs you want from whatever, like you know, some small business owners, some like gangsters, some like maybe you do some work for like the the government or the cops or like you know whoever will pay you. Yeah, it almost reminds me of you know like a, a Fallout game or something like that. Yeah. You know where you know it's um, there are all these different quests you can do in different factions and you know how you. If you do more quests for one faction than another, then it'll change the story in some way. Yeah, that'd be super fun. Um, and the the uh, the sort of presentation would be that uh, you know, instead of like a storybook, this would be like the whatever the police are on this planet, like their dossiers on like all the incidents Ooh, that Samus is involved good. with. So like there'd be little like on-screen prompts of like when you're going up against like a, a boss or something that'd be like you know. Uh, arrested for this this or this and like you know would have like the, their rap sheet on on the screen um and so you could like use that information to fight them better or like you know what wh- whatever very good i have one more like pitch for something i i want to see okay do you then have a pitch for something you i don't do have want a pitch for something <laughs> you have an anti that we should not <laughs> okay that i think there's an origin game that uh we we just we just shouldn't have um, but the one that the last one I think I would like to see is Captain Toad Origins. Yeah. And um this one I am imagining as like an uncharted like adventure game. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. With like, do you remember really in... high fidelity graphics exactly. on, on this but Captain do you Toad. do you remember like in two thousand five ish that there was like um an attempt to like reboot Bomberman as this kind of like hyper masculine you know <laughs> like sort of I thing i do not remember okay this. yeah and it, you know it's like dark and uh all this 
very like of the time. I have a pitch for what what, what it could have been called Unabomber Man. <laughs> But that's what that's the aesthetic I'm imagining for this game. So it's an uncharted like adventure game that is very cinematic. Mm-hmm. Captain Toad is voiced by John Hamm, and Toadette is voiced by Viola Davis. Okay, all right. <laughs> so they're really throwing some money at this. They're thing. really throwing, and you know, it's like you know, people at Nintendo were walking around with furrowed brow, being like, "What do we do?" Because they always talk about. You know, like, we'll make another F-Zero or something when we have something new to do with it. Right. And everybody was really, you know, concerned, like, what do we do with Captain Toad? Right. Till light bulb went off on Miyamoto's head. Right. And and he was like, we just need to get John Hamm in a mocap suit. <laughs> That's right. Get his performance capture uh-huh. for Captain Toad. Well, now he's he's a Hollywood player now yeah, with yeah, this, yeah. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. So, of course, he, he goes has all John these connections. Hamm. Of course, he's he hobnobbing. Yeah. That's right. Um, okay, so what... Uh, so this is like how Captain Toad learns to love adventure. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yep. And like we flash back to him like at the orphanage or whatever. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Yeah. A Toad orphanage. I've never thought of that's something that's it's simultaneously sad and yet delightful. Do the Toads have parents? I don't know. Or are they just like are they like born of like a cloud of spores or something yeah or do they like yeah do they reproduce asexually i i don't know i don't know that that's been answered okay all right well maybe this game will will figure it out can re- can really like delve deep into it for us uh-huh. um do you have a is is naughty dog just doing this one there <laughs> they're going off they're going out from uh, out from under sony's umbrella to make one game for it nintendo make one game yeah. it's a passion project yeah, Neil Druckmann uh-huh. <laughs> taking a break from The Last of Us yep. to to make this game. Yeah, that's that's that, that's good. Uh, is is there a special like way that it's presented, or just the fact that it is like a um, cinematic? Uh, yeah, just very yeah. different from Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I like that a lot. Um, all right. So now now my final pitch, and then your anti pitch. Let me do my anti pitch first. Yeah. Um, and it's just I don't think we should see Wario Waluigi Origins. Which wait, which sorry, one? Sorry, Waluigi. Okay, I right. misspoke. Waluigi okay. Origins. Uh, I like yeah. the mystery. Yeah, he's like the Joker. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to know who he is. How did he get that L? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he sewed it on himself. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's, 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 it's a, a It's a patch that he put on there. <laughs> um. Yeah, you're right. We should never we should never know anything about Waluigi. No, because it's so good. It feels very clear to me that like Nintendo knows what Waluigi's deal is, but they just like. You think they have an answer? I do. I think they. I think they have like a. a, a I think they have a canon, or at least a loose like framework for mm-hmm. what Waluigi's deal is. And I'm sure maybe like details are added to it as like you know maybe like you know how there he has that L that mm-hmm. you know is an applique that right. you know obviously he made himself all that kind of stuff. Like I don't think that happened in the Nintendo 64 era, but I think as like just Waluigi makes more appearances, I do think that they have like a cohesive story that they're yeah the canon is malleable uh-huh, this, uh, they, exactly. they, they can change it as as their needs fit yes this makes me want to like pull off a heist and like go to kyoto and like figure this out <laughs> yeah <laughs> um all right very good mark we shall never speak of uh waluigi's origins ever again put it in the book uh in the book closing the book um for my final pitch uh it is actually wario related this is warioware origins colon nine volt 
Nine Volt, we know Nine Volt, we love Nine Volt. When we get to his levels in every WarioWare game, we're like, great, we're gonna get some like tiny little pieces of uh like old uh Nintendo games. Um, but how did Nine Volt become such a fan of all these classic video games? Oh yeah. It's a great question, right? It is. Um, and what do we know about Nine Volt? We know that he uh he, he has his mother, Five Volt, who takes care of him. Um, but uh so we see a little bit of his home life, but where's his father? Right. Where is Nine Volt's father? I'm going to say he was the one who was a fan of video games his whole life. Uh, recently deceased, passed on all of his passion mm-hmm. for video games, for classic Nintendo games, to Nine Volt. So I feel like you're describing yeah. an indie movie that I would see at Sundance. Yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> I am, and it would be great, but we're making it a video game instead. Um, and so it's all it's all like the the nine volt WarioWare micro games, uh, kind of mashed up with like a, a NES remix, right? Um, but not limited to just the NES, right? One of the things that I always love about um, the uh, nine volt sections of WarioWare is that they will use, you know, the Ultra Machine and like some of the Nintendo stuff that predates the NES. Um, and for as good a job as Nintendo does of like highlighting the NES, the Super NES libraries, um, the sort of earlier libraries or like things outside of those home consoles, they don't really, right? So like I'm talking the Game & Watch games uh, and uh, like arcade games, a lot of them are kind of just like, lost to the ages right or being haphazardly collected by uh not even uh, collected but just like represented by hamster right right in in the arcade archives um so if we could just take like all of those kind of experiences too and just like present them as nine volt discovering these games like with his dad uh then you know maybe we could finally get some version of you know donkey kong ice hockey (laughs) on switch i love it I think that's um uh such a good way to like present those games. It's also so uh have have you been uh, tracking to um Atari Fifty at all? Uh uh-uh. uh So it it's a collection of um Atari games, uh, and it's it's put together by oh shoot I just forgot the name of the developer. It's the the same people that did the uh the Ninja Turtle uh collection. Oh okay. Uh, early Digital Donnie Eclipse. Even... Oh okay. Um. And it's, like, presented with uh, all, all of these, like, videos about the, like, development at Atari and just sort of, like, um, it, it presents them to you in a way that's very, like, linear. You can see uh, what technological advancements were made between one game and another. Um, and even though, you know, a lot of those Atari games are not actually worth playing or, like, spending any time with, being part of that, like, narrative, that sort of historical narrative is, like, a satisfying uh, experience in and of itself. And there's just so much in Nintendo's deep back catalog that would be uh, interesting if only presented in a way that was like fun and engaging instead of just like a dump of like, right. here are these games. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's really compelling. Um, but also, like, I, I just want to play like uh, the arcade Popeye or, you know, uh, any, uh, a- any Game & Watch game that we weren't able to get our hands mm-hmm. on during Game & Watch month. Um, all right. Well, those are the uh, Origins games that, that we came up with. And we will never, Mark, we will never be talking about Waluigi's Origin. It's a promise. It's a promise. Um, but we would love to hear your ideas. If you have any Origins games that you would like to play, uh, email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Okay, Mark, let's close this out. 
All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. You should follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at NinCart Society. Uh, you should also join our Discord. Uh, all you got to do is email us or hit us up on Twitter. Let us know that you would like to be in there. We will happily send you an invitation. Uh, Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is, pro- is provided by 8BitBetty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellery saying thank you for listening. Thank you.